Welcome to Kicking It With The K-Train, talking with people who help me keep an eye on my vision. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Kuhn. I'm a totally blind US Paralympian author and speaker. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to live a full and adventurous life. Um, you could say that I have been pretty successful, um, but I definitely could not have done it without the help of some really incredible people. Um, so on this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to many of the people who have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Um, and you know, these are the people um, that really help me keep an eye on my vision. And maybe through hearing their stories, uh, they can help you as well. So let's get started. Huge shout out to my personal partners who help support my adventure athlete career. Um, massive, massive thanks to Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. Um, straight from the freezer to either the grill or the stovetop, you guys. Um, I've been eating Bubba's for over 20 years. I mean, that's the majority of my life. And hands down, this is the best burger out there. So go check out BubbaFoods.com and uh, check out the store locator to see where you can get your favorite variety of Bubba today. Thanks so much to Infinite Performance Nutrition. Um, take your nutrition personally. Hydration and protein, um, custom tailored for your unique recovery, uh, tastes, sweat rate, um, you know, your training, your goals, you know, and, and your lifestyle. Um, you guys, I, I've been using Infinite since uh, before the Paralympics in 2021, and right now I can't imagine using uh, anything else. Um, they keep me fueled through every workout and every race. So uh, check out infinitenutrition.us, I-N-F-I-N-I-T, nutrition.us, and uh, use the code COON15, that's C-O-O-N-1-5, for 15% off your order. Discover your adventure with Cycles Chinook. Um, you guys, Cycles Chinook delivers an exceptional experience uh, through inspired design, personalized approach, and a shared love of riding bikes. Um, you know, guys, I, I can personally attest to this. I, I have been riding a custom built um, Chinook time trial tandem since 2019, and their passion really is um, encouraging exploration and delivering adventure. Um, so you know, check out cycleschinook.com. That's cycles, C-H-I-N-O-O-K.com. And um, you know, go let them help you um, find your adventure. And uh, let them know that uh, Kyle Kuhn sent you.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the K-Train, where I chat with people who have helped me keep an eye on my vision. I am really excited to, to chat with this gentleman today. He has actually helped me um, really unknowingly keep an eye on my vision uh, for probably about four and a half, five years now. Um, and he's actually the first guest that I've had on the show that I actually don't have a personal relationship with. Um, I am really excited to introduce everyone to a guy that um, has quickly become one of my, uh, well, yeah, he is my favorite sales trainer, uh, Phil M. Jones. Phil, welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to come and chat with me today. Hey, Kyle, it's a huge pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for, for asking me on the show, for inviting me to be here. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, we were chatting just before, uh, you know, hit record and, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's really funny. Cause one of the things that, you know, probably four or five, six years ago, I, you know, struggled with was, you know, this, you know, I never doubted myself in, in my belief in my athletic ability, but I always struggled on like, you know, on the, the business side of things. And then I came across um, a book that you, a, a very small book that you wrote called um, Exactly What to Say. And the, the title of that just kind of made a, made an impression on me. I was like, well, if I knew exactly what to say, then, you know, in, in any situation, I might be able to, you know, be, have a little bit more confidence in myself and, and, and do all this you know, crazy stuff that I, I've, I've gone on to do. Um, but I, I was kind of wondering if you could very quickly just give us a brief synopsis of who is Phil M. Jones and, and what do you do? Because uh, I know this is something I know sales training is, is just a very small part of what you do. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to do so. And, and I've been in and around the world of business persuasion and influence for, for quite some time. So I started my first business as a 14 year old started knocking on doors of my neighbors, asking if they wanted to have their cars washed. And, and, and from then, I've been building entrepreneurial businesses and supporting sales teams ever since. So what we're now looking at is, is sort of 28 years plus past that point in time of me kicking up that first business. And since then, I've helped turn around um, large department store groups in the UK, helped turn around large um, furniture retailers in the UK. I worked with a couple of Premier League soccer clubs on the commercial side of of their operation, securing shirt sponsorship deals, uh, retail operations, ticket sales, built a large overseas investment property business that turned over around 240 million pounds at its peak. Um, and that takes us through to about 2008. And in 2008, wondering what I wanted to do next, I kept getting invited by chambers of commerce and small business networking groups, asking if I could deliver just some speeches and trainings about how their independent business owners could trade out of a recession, how they could win more clients, get clients to come back more often, spend more money when they shop. And I thought I'd do that for fun whilst I was figuring out what I wanted to do next in, the, in 2008. And that started to get more appetite and more traction. People were asking, hey, can we learn more from you? Do you have a longer program? What do you have in terms of, of detailed one-on-one -on -one work or in-company work you could do? And I had to build all that in the sky, really, just um, mm -hmm. trying to work out what to do next, very much asking people 
questions about what will it cover? And they would say, would it cover this? And I would say, well, now. Um, and we built out my first sales training workshop, 2008. I would have 12, 13 people come to a one-day training program. And on the back of that, three, four, five of them would join into a coaching business. I'd find consulting clients and I'd speak to, uh, to be able to fill those courses as well. And what's happened since then is my business has evolved and grown uh, to now that primarily I, I speak to a lot of audiences, consult to a number of large organizations about how they can utilize words more effectively to influence and persuade with integrity. That's taken us outside of the sales arena. Mm -hmm. I've written 11 books, uh, spoken in 59 countries, trained more than 2 million people. And um, now the breadth of work is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as what we start to be able to do is to provide language skills, influence skills, persuasion skills to nurse practitioners, to attorneys, to, um, I was with the um, uh, um, National um, Security Service last week in the US helping to provide influence skills there. And in, in, in so many different areas and arenas, I believe with a passion and, and really where the work has evolved to, that every puzzle could be better solved if people could find more of the right words at the right times, particularly in their high stakes moments. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's really succinctly put. Uh, and it's something you, you touched on that uh, I want to, I want to kind of dig into a, a little bit um, is you mentioned integrity um, mm -hmm. and like, why do you think that is, is that like a, center point of the the trainings and the, the the talks and stuff that you do yeah I, I grew up in a sales environment and and have long been looking at what it takes to be able to grow revenues and what can be done in order to be able to maximize personal success through mm -hmm. the acquisition of, of of revenue and money yet the historic uh, poster child for success in a sales environment has often been something that didn't sit right with me. It was a very much a version of, of I win and the other person might, might not win. In fact, they probably lose. Right. So when you watch movies like Wolf of Wall Street and that mm -hmm. you're um, giving a consideration for, okay, so this is the heroine of what sales success looks like. It makes you think that sales success is manipulation. Sales success right. is steering somebody towards an outcome that is beneficial to you, but not necessarily beneficial to the other person. Right. Everything that exists within our methodology and what I've learned through the life that I've lived today is you can create scenarios where both parties win. And in fact, you should look to create scenarios where both parties win. And in my mind, either everybody wins or everybody loses. Right. There is... Ah. The, the, there isn't this race and hustle of once, which was once uh, applied to a sales environment. Because mm -hmm. if you take the old adage of, you know, he or she can sell ice to an Eskimo, and we apply that to 2023, chances are if you sell ice to an Eskimo, they're going to wake up the next morning disappointed, frustrated, concerned about the fact that they've just invested hard-earned money on something they had no requirement for. Right. In 2023, that person has a voice. That person can uh, respond with reviews and recommendations and reputation is affected by it. And I love the fact that the leveling of the playoff playing field now is that winning with integrity is, mm -hmm. is the only option because any other option than that will result in um, either people being found out or, um, or really only attracting a certain type of customer because hope is gotcha. always for sale. Right. Yeah. 
hope is always for sale when somebody is in a dire situation. Sure. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Uh, so let's go, let's go back a, a little ways. Cause I mean, you, you, you listed off all the, the crazy, I mean, the, I mean, honestly, the impressive, you know, businesses and, and stuff you've been involved in, uh, you know, from, uh, washing cars to, you know, department stores to, you know, furniture business to, you know, you know, training, um, you know, nurse practitioners to, you know, military, you know, people in the, in the you know, national security space. Like what is, is there a, is there a common theme uh, that kind of, like, cause that, that, that seems like a lot of different, I mean, that, that seems like quite the, the gambit. Um, what, how do you transfer skills from working to, you know, from industry to industry and, and person to person? Um, I've worked in over 800 different industries wow. and every single one of them has differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in every single one of them, the similarities outweigh the differences okay. is what you're looking at is people and understanding the emotional triggers that, that move people to action and having an awareness of the uh, emotional intelligence that's required, the, nuance of being able to understand what the moment is that somebody's trying to influence. And in all those scenarios where people have a struggle, the struggle often is internal. They're not yet comfortable with what it is they have to do or what they have to say. So they appear nervous that they over communicate or that they fail to find the moment within the conversation that has the highest moment of impact. If you are to consider like a Formula One race, okay, you're not going to win a Formula One race by just having a positive mindset and a lot of hustle and grind to be able to get around the track quickest. That's not going to get you there. Sure. There needs to be precision engineering. There needs to be well-timed decisions. There needs to be an understanding of where are the moments on a racetrack that are going to make the largest impact on the overall time. And there needs to be strategy and tactics that then play out towards how somebody might operate in that race. Same is true in a conversation. Like not all moments are equal. Not all words are equal. The math has to add up in the words in order to be able to achieve outcomes. Hmm. And what, what I've learned to be true, and I use that word on purpose too, is you can create a significant amount of improved efficacy in conversational moments if you have an awareness of a what it is you're trying to achieve b what the checkpoints are that live between where you are and where you want to achieve and see what the tools are in order to be able to get towards achieving that outcome and in the national security service setup is is there are multiple layers of political uh, friction that are created <laughs> in order to better get a new piece of technology towards our front line to help us to be able to stay safe in this country. Because what there are is moments of confusion, moments of confusion, moments of confusion, all the way through somebody trying to get a good idea to implementation. If you can help people see as much as they need to know at each of those given moments, they're like, that's a good idea, that's a good idea, that's a good idea. What would have took three years can now be done in four months. Same is true in a nurse practitioner environment is often there is bad news or often there is a need for them to be 
firmer or stronger about the way that they need people to behave in a hospital or a medical environment without being rude, without creating argument, without creating friction when all of a sudden, um, you know, emotions are charged, people are confused, people are obviously operating at their best when they're in an environment that's foreign to them, affected by a series of unknowns. So how people control those conversations is um, is both a superpower, but a, a huge responsibility. And really, there are three ingredients that almost always need to show up, regardless of where the circumstances are. And first, it's it's being strategically curious. Mm-hmm. So if you're strategically curious at the start of any conversation, then you can garner enough context. From that context, you can understand the world that you're looking to influence, because you're not trying to influence your world, you're trying to influence theirs, and you cannot do that without understanding it. Right. Right. So you start with strategic curiosity. If you stay curious for long enough to understand their context, you reach a position of empathy. And empathy is often the missing ingredient from an influence point of view, because from an empathetic point of view, you're on the same side. You're looking at the same monster. You're looking at the same obstacle. And all you're doing is you're using your experience to be able to cover that together. Hmm. Think about, you know, somebody that decides they want to run a triathlon, just from your point of view, right? There are a lot of people that are like, yeah, I do a bit of running. I'm in the gym. I'm up for doing a triathlon, right? That's happened a gazillion times, I'm sure, to you, that they think they can do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. If you're curious for long enough to understand their circumstances, you can find some confidence as to whether it's like a cute idea or a real opportunity, depending upon the realities that come back to the answers to your strategically curious questions. Sure. Once you're empathetically stood alongside that person looking at the same monster, and they've got the time for it. They're in the physical condition for it. They understand the race that they're going to be able to run in first. They've got the support of their family. They've got the freedom from their job, et cetera. You're like, all right, we're looking at the same monster monster together. Mm-hmm. If from there, you're then going to deliver some advice, guidance, and practical support to how they could achieve that thing, they're far more likely to be able to swallow said advice, right? So you right. could be remarkably courageous at that point, which is the third ingredient. You could, you could say, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you do this thing with me? Or I tell you what, there's three of my buddies that are doing this thing in, you know, in Africa. Why don't you start there? Like you yeah. can deliver, but but if you started there, friction, 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 friction. Right. It's enough to understand their circumstances, to garner the context, to then have the empathy to stand alongside them. So you're both looking to save the solve, solve the same problem, not you're both both trying to solve a different problem then all of a sudden you can be very courageous about the next step you ask somebody to take. So it's curiosity, empathy, courage, curiosity, empathy, courage, curiosity, empathy, courage. That's the simple set of dance steps that everybody needs to go through in order to be able to reach a moment of influence with integrity. Ah, And can you see how the same would even be true from a parenting or a family or a, or a personal negotiation or a moment of influence? Yeah, no, that's, that's super. That's super easy to draw those parallels. Right. I mean, how many times as as parents, and I know everybody listening in either is a parent or has had the influence of a parent in some way in their life, is if you don't start curious, the puzzle that I bump into with a lot lot of parents is they deliver brilliant advice to their kids for entirely the wrong problem. Hmm. Right. So the advice was solid, but it wasn't meeting up with the context of exactly where the kid was at at that moment in time. Right. So we have to start curious, empathy being on the same side. We become relatable. Every decision maker has a show me that you know me button inside their head. 
the second you trigger a show me that you know me button, it's you and them versus it as opposed to you versus them. That's the position to get to. And from that space, you can be really quite courageous with what you ask people to do. Yeah. Huh. I, no, that's, I, I don't think I've ever heard you, uh, you know, use the, the curiosity, empathy, courageous uh, breakdown before, but I, I, I really like that. Um, that's awesome. I, I've definitely heard the, uh, you know, the, the questions to, to conversations um, you know, and then that building of relationships, which ultimately lead to our, you know, our opportunities to, you know, to help people and, you know, whether that be um, sell them our, our services or, or product yeah. or something. And we along share those that lines. in How to Persuade and Get Paid. And we share that in right. all the videos is questions, great conversations that lead to relationships, right. great opportunities. That's what drives sales. But what type of questions? Curious right. questions and empathetic questions and courageous questions. Okay. Right. So, yeah. and that, that, creates a richness towards the conversations that come next mm -hmm. it creates a deepening to the relationships that we are looking to influence yeah it creates bigger and more realistic opportunities because people are prepared to open up at more than just the surface level mm -hmm. and it means that the actions we can invite people to take are significantly bigger too hmm. wow yeah <laughs> it's um wow it, it, it's it, it's a whole lot different actually having this this conversation uh with you going going back and forth it's it's then just you know, <laughs> listening to your listening to your audible program or or watching your youtube videos or, or reading or reading your books or, or something like that like so 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 when like when we do start the you know when how, how do you start from a, a place of curiosity like where where do you start uh, in what context um like if you're like, do you just like, do you just have a innate sense of, I'm just curious about, you know, everything under the sun or um, how, like, how do you go out and, you know, find people's, you know, problems that you feel that you can help them fix, you know, or, you know, how, how, how do you then find, you know, how then do you decide on the right questions to ask? Um, early on in, you know, in a conversation, um, whether you're, you know, working with a new, uh, with a new client, a, a potential new client, um, whether you're, you know, asking, you know, questions of, you know, coming on a, you know, coming on a podcast or, or yeah. anything along those lines. Okay. Well, you see, I just did it now, right? I didn't answer your question. I asked you to give exactly. me some context to your question. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> I will try and answer it, though, for the benefit of the listeners to understand where we're coming from. And, and there's a sure. few things here is, is firstly, getting good at this work, i.e. the work around exactly what to say, is not something you get to master. Right. So in a sales environment, they're like, oh, come to sales mastery, come to get to a point where you're at you know, some level of superpower. We don't believe that in this work. What we believe is that this is like meditation or yoga. It's a continuous practice. This is like right. working out or showering. The job is never done, right? right? So permanent refinement, permanent practice is something that's required. You just have okay. to decide that you believe that the right words at the right time are worth working for hmm. because we're lazy individuals. That's, <laughs> I mean, every human being on the planet it is we can find a way of being able to shortcut things. Sure. So, so what we need in order to be to be hyper efficient on this stuff is discipline 
and the discipline starts in a few ways. The first thing is, is, is there are models of excellence all around us that we can learn from, should we choose to? Role models, mentors, people that have been further along in the race than you. You're mm-hmm. a good example of this even on, on, on you following my work and getting to this point. Right. Is any time I've ever been in awe of anybody, I've never asked, oh, I've never made the statement, wow. I've always asked the question, how? Like, how okay. do you do what you do? How do you manage to be able to achieve that difference? And I've yeah. learned a lot. In fact, the wisdom that I've acquired in my life has come partly through the experiences that I've lived through and partly through the experiences I've managed to garner from people that were ahead of me in a race that have laid out their playbooks to me in every area of life. And then I've been able to lay those on top of each other and had crowdsource wisdom that when when 50, 70, 80, 90 smart people tell you that the way they've achieved success in their life is the exact same way, then that success leaves some clues, right? You start to think that there might be some method in that madness, right? Sure. That, that works. So, so you, you start by actually having a curious demeanor to things that when people are delivering at a standard at something that is better than when you are and you would like to get better at it, ask questions of them for them to unpack how. That's the starting point. Past then is there are there's an operating model that exists inside our world and exactly what to say. It's what I teach. It's what our certified guides teach. It shows up in every one of our two day programs and we call it our four cornerstones of conversational excellence. Okay. The first of those is a big one. In my keynotes, I'll often joke about the fact that the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment you're saying it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's not meant to be a joke. It's just delivered as a joke line. Right. Because how many times do we walk away from conversations and think shoulda woulda coulda how many times do we walk away from a conversation thinking who on earth was that idiot was the <laughs> idiot we're talking about is ourselves right like that happens way too often so in that first cornerstone we dig into well what is a critical conversation i.e a key moment that shows up in a regular occurrence to oneself that is having an overarching indexing factor upon the overall success of said conversation mm-hmm. because yeah the machine is never broken. A cog in the machine or a component in the machine is broken. Okay. And the same is true in a conversation. Where is the micro moment within all the moments that you're looking to be able to level up your efficacy? People say they want to get better at conversation or they say they want to get better at communication. And my viewpoint on that is you cannot. You can only decide which moments in conversation and communication you're looking to try and get better at. And you can mm. focus in on that. So many parallels to the world of sport, right? You can't just decide yeah. to get better at running a triathlon. You can get better at, at pacing your pacing your run so that what you're not is is fatigued to a point in its entirety that you can't take the next leg for right. any purpose or mileage. Or, or you can work on the technique in the pool to allow you to be able to conserve energy whilst maximize speed. Or you can give consideration to do you need to change something on the bike in order for you to be able to actually get that next level up that you're looking for. Micro moments within moments to achieve outcomes. Same is true in conversation and decide where to focus. The minute ah. you decide where your focus is, now what you can do is add hyper precision towards what you're looking to level up in that area and get demonstrably different results. And thinking that the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment. And also understanding that every great conversation should start from a position of curiosity. Yep. You're now doing is you lay those two things on top of each other and you go, well, these are the moments that matter. How can I be more curious at the start of those conversations? And 
you know you're going to be speaking to people later today, correct? Correct. And that's on your schedule and that you've decided you're going to show up for them. Yep. But have you decided that you how are you going to show up more curious? Possibly not. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, in, in some situations, yes. And then in, in, in others that seem less important, probably not. Yeah. Right. Um, so you start to put a habit of saying, well, I'm going to get ready, ready, ready for the conversations ahead of time. And then I'm going to decide how I'm going to be strategically curious ahead of it. Okay. First cornerstone is the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment you're saying it. Second right. is that curiosity is the fuel to great conversation. Okay. So if conversation is ever going off track, what do you do to get it back on track? Insert a question. People. Yeah. <laughs> Not an interrogation question. Right. Okay. But almost always any version of let's go wider. Okay. How do we, um, a version of and what else? a version of how did this happen, a version of um, who else was involved in this, a version of, you know, what were you hoping to achieve from, uh, you know, anything that says, let's peel back one more layer of context in this. Hmm. And again, where are we at? Now we're seeing the picture clearer. We're going from fuzzy and we're going into 4K. Okay. You shouldn't ever deliver any advice to a situation you don't understand. Right. And in everyday life, there are lots of people delivering a lot of advice around situations they don't understand. And when I say <laughs> lots, I mean most. <laughs> yes. I think, uh, I think we've all been guilty of that. <laughs> every single human being on the planet, we've been yep. guilty of delivering it. We've been guilty of receiving it. We've even been guilty of accepting it as the right advice, even though the person that gave the advice didn't understand the context. Sure. See, there's a big difference between advice and opinion. Advice is something that is coming from a proven track record with a true understanding of your circumstances and there's precision in it. Opinion is nothing more than that. It is just what somebody thinks they you should do based on what they think your circumstances is, based on what they guessed could be beneficial to you. Mm. Like it, it, it doesn't mean it's not valuable, but it's not as valuable as precise advice. Right. So curiosity is the fuel. Third cornerstone is that people do things for their reasons and not yours. Hmm. Which means you should never, ever, ever deliver any advice to anybody unless you can say these words first, which are the words because of the fact that you said. <laughs> because of the fact that you said blank, blank, and blank, then for those reasons, I'd recommend blank, blank, and blank. Oh. A very, very, very easy to use framework in theory. A far more challenging framework to use in practice. Why? Because you need to collect the blanks. How do you collect the blanks? Well, you go back in the process. You remember that the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment you're saying it, and curiosity is the fuel. So strategic curiosity is how you can collect the blanks. Mm. What needs to be true for that to be true is the game that we're playing. Just imagine this. If you walked into a doctor's surgery and the doctor said, pharmaceutical rep was here yesterday, told me about these fantastic new pills. I think you should take them just for fun. What do you think? Push back, push back, push back, friction. Yeah. Dead. If the doctor sits you down, asks you some symptoms, run a test or two, and then says to you to take the same two pills, what do you now do? You do as you're told. Right. Without any pushback, without any friction. Same is true with any advice you want to give. What is the evidence you need to collect to better deliver your advice so that the advice is well received and fully accepted? 
That's how you move from opinion to advice. The ability to be able to say because of the fact that you said. So being curious isn't just about saying, how do I pepper somebody with questions? Being curious is saying, well, how do I create a number of moves to collect the evidence that I'm looking to create? And the mindset around this is about thinking about conversations as a game of chess, whilst everybody else is trying to view them as a game of checkers. Okay. So multiple moves to be able to get to that one outcome. Right. You know, the skill and what's required to, to succeed in a triathlon is very different to the skill that's required to win the 100-meter dash. Right? <laughs> yes, it is. And it doesn't yes, mean it that is. either one is, is, is less important. No, no, absolutely not. But, but you've got you've to look at the complexity of a number of moving parts to operate a triathlon. Sure. There is less complexity in a 100-meter dash. And when it comes to being able to, 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 to navigate complex conversations and complex moments of influence, you've got to consider all of the moving parts. And because of the fact that you said blank, blank, and blank, for those reasons, what I'd recommend a blank, blank, and blank allows the other person to feel certain in their next move to gain a position mm -hmm. of clarity. Winning in sales is nothing to do with embellishing the option of yes. It's to do with destroying the option of no. Mm -hmm. And what you're looking to help people understand is what decision is the right decision for them to make? Not how do I get them to choose me? What decision is the right decision for them to make? Because indecision is in fact the enemy. People stuck in maybe is the outcome that we're looking to avoid. Not, gotcha. I decided to not choose you because... Is people stuck in maybe. And think of the number of times that you almost could have maybe perhaps done business with somebody. <laughs> right. Too many to count. <laughs> right. But if just more of those could fall the right side of the line or when they felt the wrong side of the line, you knew why and you could learn from it. Then you'd be like, this works. This yeah. works. I get confidence. I get clarity. But you don't want to win all the time. You just want to understand that when you don't win, why? So that you can take that and go back to the training ground and say, well, how do I learn from here? So we've got the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment you're saying it. Yep. You've got curiosity is the fuel to great conversation. You've got people do things for their reasons and not yours. And then the final cornerstone is the person who's asking the questions is the one who's in control of the conversation. So if you're looking to be more influential and be more persuasive, craft better questions, give fewer answers. Wow. <laughs> I was with a group of, group of coaches the other the other week, last week in, in California and, and helping okay. them understand the methodology around exactly what to say and them joining, um, working through our, you know, our 18 hour certification program. Sure. And um, trying to get a group of coaches to understand that, that, that a pure coaching methodology is to give zero advice just to ask strategic questions to a point that people discover by themselves what their next step should be. Yeah. That, wow. That's a, yeah. And that I, I gotta, I gotta imagine that that's, that's a difficult thing to try and flip that switch. Um, you know, cause so often it, it seems like when we, you know, when we, we go to someone for advice, we just want, answers um but what you're it sounds like what you're saying is like we need to as as people who want to influence or coach others or anything along those lines it's finding you know it's it's digging deep enough to help them 
find their own answers. Yeah. Well, yes. And even if you think about your own personal career. Sure. You weren't successful in your career because of the advice you received. No. You were successful in your career because of what you decided to be able to take action on. Sure. What you personally decided to take action on. So nobody can do it for you. You can only do it for yourself. And 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 anything that can be done to accelerate those decisions inside of somebody to take the required action is what's going to accelerate the outcome quicker. Hmm. Is It's not knowing what to do. It's choosing to do that, regardless right. of the fact it might be remarkably hard. So right. if you can help somebody get through to the point where they understand why they want to do it, they understand the consequences of not doing it, and they understand that the other side of that line is a prize that is worth it to them that lights them up inside, then chances are they might take that action with some conviction that even when it gets hard, they're going to keep going. Right. If they just took the advice at face value of what they should do, the moment it got hard, give up. <laughs> As opposed to when it gets hard, play through. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. Uh, golly. I mean, there's, there's, so many different directions i think we could go with this uh, but but something that that has, has really been sticking out during our conversation is uh you definitely you choose your words and you seem to use like there there is this power in in words and the like the nuances of of words and you know strategic use of words um is have you always been you know, have you always been that way? Or because I, I think a lot of times uh, people, you know, throw out words, you know, just for example, like motivation or, or inspiration and, and, and don't necessarily understand the meanings. Do you always dig into the meanings behind the words and then strategically use those words and explain what they mean, at least to um, you? I've been in the business of being curious about how words move people to action now for over 25 years. Right. And in that journey have been asked questions about methodology ideas or ideals that I have around this work more times than many people could care to think about. So what it does is it, it forces you to question your own questions and then question the questions within the questions to be able to search <laughs> for new levels of meaning. Or when you struggle to try and explain something to somebody else to find a way of being able to do so with more efficacy. Like You have to live your work and you have to be congruent with what it is that you, you try to do. Right. So I haven't always been anything. If, okay. if anything, I've always strived to be able to do better. I've been curious about how some people can live a better version of life than what was handed to me. And I've been brave enough to be able to ask those how questions as opposed to wow questions and learn that, that served me very well. If I'm to look for where the catalyst in my life where that really started and then accelerated was, is I was in a senior sales leadership position at the age of 18 with one of the largest department store groups in the UK. Not only was I 18 years of age, I probably looked 15. <laughs> leading a team of 60, 80, 100 people, a lot of friction, a lot of pushback when trying to create results through people that all had some form of resentment towards the persona that I presented at that time. Okay. So the only way I could get through to them was to never give any direct advice. What I would do is, is Kyle, I would, 
you know, if I was looking for you to improve in an area, I'd find somebody in the team that was significantly better at that area than where you were. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch them and I'd find the two, three, four things that they do that you weren't doing. And I'd say, hey, Kyle, I know that what you're looking to try and do is to improve in areas like X, Y, and Z. I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I've been watching what Janice does. And I know Janice is number one on those things. And what Janice does is she does this, this, and this every single day. And it doesn't seem like those same things exist in your routine. Hmm. I don't know whether that will help or not, but I thought you might want to know that those are some of the differences that are appearing to be fairly obvious. Back away. That became my leadership style was to deliver advice through other people's excellence. And, ah. and that was, I believe, where the early study of human behavior came from, the early study of what does winning look like, the early study mm-hmm. of saying, how do you learn from what top performers do that others don't? And that became my go-to to how do you get something done, is find the person that's doing it great and learn to reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. Huh. That, I, I, so, like, do you... I'm 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 trying I'm, man we are uh, just we're we're starting to delve into some really interesting interesting stuff here so like how do you um how do you find the way how, how do you continuously improve you know how do you uh, you know you know you're obviously you know a, a, you seem to be a, a master you you seem to be continuously improving in 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 you know helping you know others um you know others find you know their their strengths and and their weaknesses improve you know improve upon those weaknesses you know uh, you know removing those you know the, the option of of no and and yeah. all this stuff how what steps do you take to make sure that you're doing the same things um a number of things really is I think it's always important to have a, a group of mentors around you mm-hmm. and and people that can hold you to account, people that can ask the questions of you that you're not prepared to ask yourself and people to ask three more questions behind those questions too. Okay. So I'm, I'm consciously in a, a couple of mastermind groups okay. that encourage me to be better. One of those is um, a, a peer group mastermind. There's five of us. We call ourselves the struggle we're all married men. We all have kids. We all run businesses. We all speak. We all have books. We have a lot of similarities. It's a purposeful, non-diverse group where actually what we have is a lot of empathy and understanding for each other's challenges. Uh, And we meet a few times a year. And and that's one of the biggest factors that creates checkpoints for me to show up and feel like I'm growing. I want to feel like I'm growing alongside my aspirational peers. Sure. I'm also part of a group um, that has a lot more senior experts and professionals in it that was the longest standing professional speakers mastermind group that exists in the UK founded by Zig Ziglar, Jim Rowan, those kind of folks. Um, And what's wonderful there is the wisdom that comes from being able to find yourself in conversations with people that are 20, 30, 40 years ahead of you within the same industry. Like you cannot, cannot read that in a book. Right. sat at dinners and in discussions with people that have been in your profession for longer than you've been alive. You're like, right. oh, I, uh, you know, I can sit back, button up and be the dumbest person in that room when sure. it comes to the, 
you know, not the tactical brilliance, but the emotional stamina and the awareness of, of, of what else can be important in your life and the potential consequences of too much focus in one area, et cetera. That, that's been super valuable to me. Wow. What, what, what else do I do for, for continued improvement and growth is I serve. I serve my industry and I serve people that are, are, are earlier on in the race. Is There's nothing better to test yourself than to teach. Sure. Is if you are responsible for helping others to be able to follow a path of their own that has been based on a path that you've carved, um, that keeps you sharp. It keeps you on edge because it gives you a fine reputation to live up to. And I, I enjoy that pressure. I enjoy that pressure of, of needing to be able to perform in service of other, others. And what I also look to be able to do to continually grow is, is to find new challenges. And what's the next challenge that we can be working on that is going to allow us to not fall into a place of, of contentment? Mm-hmm. And much of that has, has now evolved to either going broader and wider, which is testing my working new areas that were completely foreign to me. Okay. And we're running trainings for attorneys and helping them be more effective and influential, asking questions of their clients and their witnesses. I'm like, how on earth did you know, a little kid from a small town in England get to be leading groups of attorneys through a thinking framework to how they can ask better questions. Um, I'm being tested into academia, um, High Point University now in North Carolina, uh, have contracted with me to be faculty there. I'm um, expert in residence on influence and persuasion for the students at High Point. Um, these, these tests make you think about the thing you know well, but from a completely different angle. And, you know, I enjoy that. I enjoy that a ton. And I, I think I compare it to, you know, Michael Jordan stepping out of basketball and, and picking up a baseball bat and saying, well, yeah, it's to be able to achieve here. It's the same discipline and procedure that's required to win in an area that's known well, but applied to a completely new field of play. That's what's, um, that's all the stuff that keeps me sharp. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So with all of these, you know, these, these things that are, you know, keeping you sharp, you know, testing you, what does, what is your version? What is your next version of success look like? Um, like what are your, what are, what are, yeah, what are your, what are your goals and you know, aspirations now, I guess? I mean, my, my personal goals on a professional level have all been surpassed. So everything I set out to do at the start of this business and everything I set out to start to do as a child, um, I've done it. So the, the goals have now become a lot more altruistic as to what we can achieve through others. Exactly what to say is a book has now sold 2.2 million copies. We have aspirations for that to reach more than 10 million people globally. And, and part of that is to continually play bigger than the book. And exactly what to say.com is now what we're calling a movement. We're building a body of work there about everything that's to do with conversational excellence, including tons and tons and tons of resources that have nothing to do with what's in the book. They just have everything to do with any of those four cornerstones I touched upon earlier. I have 37 certified guides. I'll have 100 certified guides by the end of next year. So these are our messengers that have got experience and tenure with the work that are then adding it to their repertoire and their arsenal. And they are teaching the work to their clients and into their area of the world. And we've made the work so tight that I now love giving it away that other people can have their flavor on top of it. And working with trainers, coaches, consultants, and speakers that would like to be able to add exactly what to say conversational excellence work inside their body of work 
and carry it into their client scenarios. So all of my goals really now are linked to how do we turn this into something that just exists in the world without me being present? Just like neurolinguistic programming has been talked about for a huge length of time is, is I'd like you know, a third of the world to have completed an in-depth program around EWTS. Right. Gotcha. Ooh, man. <laughs> so, the, the, I mean, you're, you're, you've created this exactly what to say movement. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I definitely think that I have, I'm, you know, a, a product of it and to a certain extent, um, you know, ha having followed your, your work and, you know, study, you know, poured over your, you know, so a couple, at least a couple of your books and your audio programs and your YouTube videos and, and, and stuff, but how, how can others, you know, follow your work and, and join the movement and, you know, how can, how can they follow you and, and get the same benefits that, that I've enjoyed um, from, from your wisdom and knowledge? Sure. I, I mean, uh, the starting point where most people bump into this work is they do grab a copy of exactly what to say.com um, of exactly what to say the book, sorry. And you find that anywhere that you'll buy books. It is the most listened to nonfiction audio book of all time. Oh, wow. So people um, do enjoy listening to exactly what to say. Um, exactly what to say.com was the website I mentioned earlier. This is now where you can see the work of ours growing. We do have a 31 day challenge there that introduces people into into the greater curriculum of the work drops an email and a video into their inbox every day for a couple of months provides conversational challenges for them to be able to um, go deeper with the work that's all without charge so um, if people are looking to be able to learn more from us from there then please do so and if people want to continue the conversation best place to find me is on instagram i'm at phil m jones uk Stop by on Instagram. Let me know that you were a part of this conversation with Kyle today. Love to say hi, find out what's happening in your world. And if there's anything I can direct you to in, in, in our um, body of services, then shoot me a DM and I'll help make sure that you can be steered in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, 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 I just, I gotta say like, like you, you do a really amazing job of, of breaking things down so that they're, they're simple, they're, they're easy to implement, you know, and I, I think I started implementing, you know, just some of the conversational ideas and, and stuff that you, you know, that, that you proposed and exactly what to say and, and then, you know, how to persuade and get paid. Um, and in, over the last, you know, especially over the last couple of years, uh, my confidence in, in those results and, and outcomes have, you know, has just been growing and growing and growing. And, and it's one of the reasons why I, I finally had the, when I launched this, when I launched this podcast, uh, you were near the top of the list of, of people that I wanted to, to, to get on. And uh, so I just thank you for uh, helping me you know, at least laying out um, in, in pretty clear language on how to, how to do that. <laughs> Cause right. uh, you know, I, I was able, you know, I, I got, I got to say, I mean, through, through your, I think I used some, you know, when I, when I emailed your, uh, you know, you and, um, your manager, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just doing, it's just doing the, doing these simple little things that help well, being curious to understand yeah. the context, demonstrating yeah. the empathy that you show me, that you know, me by proving that you're already a student of the work and then having the courage to be able to 
asked me to take the next step. Yeah. And if I'm a believer of that if you do not ask, you do not get, when people make a big, bold ask, having been curious and empathetic first, then I would be ignorant if I wouldn't be the one that would respond in a way that rewards that behavior. Uh, and I think that's what, what many people fail to understand is if you can be a product of your product, you can have a long lasting career. If you are trying to do the thing that everybody else is asking you to do that doesn't feel right, then then chances are um, life's going to be a little more challenging or that you're going to flip from thing to thing to thing to thing. But Kyle, it's been a joy being here with you today. I do need absolutely time yep. on our interview, having yep. uh, needed to be in another conversation a few seconds ago. So absolutely. Well, Phil, thank you so much for taking time. And, and I, I look forward to continuing the conversation at some other point. Um, off the podcast. So thank you absolutely. so much, man. Really appreciate your time. And, and everyone, I think you can absolutely tell Phil has helped me keep an eye on my vision. And I think through his work, through learning from him today, he's going to help you keep an eye on yours. So until next time, thank you guys so very much. Thanks, Phil, for coming on. Thank you, Carl. See you soon, my friend. See you soon. Thanks so much, Phil, for coming on the show. It was great to finally get to talk to you one on one. You know, I like I like I said in the in the episode, I have been following Phil's work for several years now, and have really learned just a ton about communication, uh, sales, you know, and, and everything that surrounds um, those those topics. Uh, so highly encourage you all to go uh, at the very least pick up a copy of Phil's book, Exactly What to Say. Um, check out that website, exactlywhattosay.com. Um, he has a phenomenal uh, audio program on Audible uh, called uh, How to Pers- How to uh, Persuade and Get Paid. Um, it's one of my favorites and, and also just some great YouTube content as well. Um, so thanks again, Phil. You've definitely helped me keep an eye on my vision. And I, I think you've helped a lot of people across the world uh, keep an eye on theirs as well. So you guys, thank you so much for keeping up with the show, keeping up with the podcast. If you want to continue to follow my journey, we are now in the, the thick of the triathlon season. Uh, please follow me on all the social media programs. Uh, you can find you know. You could find me on Instagram uh, at Iron Kyle. That's E Y E R O N K Y L E. You can find me on Facebook at Kyle Kuhn Speaks and on Twitter at Kyle underscore Kuhn. Uh, please also check out my website, kylekuhn.com. It's where you can pick up a copy of my book, Discovering a Life Without Limits How Cancer Took My Sight, Blindness Gave Me Vision, and The Mountains Let Me Live. Also, guys, please, you know, leave a review um if you get the chance on apple Podcasts. those those reviews really do help me knowing what you guys are enjoying about the show what i can do to improve um because i I do want to make sure that i'm I'm giving you guys content that is is good (laughs) um i i want you guys to to get a lot out of these podcast episodes um and, and help you all keep an eye on your vision as uh, as all these guests that I that I have on have helped me keep an eye on mine so 
leaving those reviews um, on Apple Podcasts or sending me an email, contacting me through my my website or sending me an email at kyle at kylecoon.com. Um, just that feedback really does help me out. So please uh, don't hesitate to, to reach out and let me know what you're enjoying and, and what you're not. <laughs> so thank you guys so very much for your continued support and I look forward to talking with you all on the next episode. As always, keep an eye on your vision.